Welcome to the Effortless Swimming Podcast, the show that helps swimmers and triathletes love the water, become a better swimmer, and live a better life. Here's your host, Brenton Ford. All right, welcome to the Effortless Swimming Podcast. I've got a repeat guest on and someone who is very special. In fact, she's the queen, the queen of the English channel, but Chloe McArdle. Chloe, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me on. So as of October last year, you... Uh, you just broke the the world record for the most crossings of the English Channel at 44 crossings, which uh, is an insane amount of crossings. Most people wouldn't consider doing 44 laps when they go to the pool, but um, it is a it's a huge achievement. So first of all, congratulations on that huge achievement. And uh, like how how do you feel now that you've got it? Because I didn't know this was something you were going for, but I imagine you've had it in your mind for quite a while. Like how how long have you thought about this for? Yeah, it's a very special title. I'm very honoured to now have this. So Queen of the Channel is the woman in the world with the most channel crossings, but I also happen to be 10 ahead of the king of the channel, the man with the most, so it's the overall overall world record. I've been dreaming about this since 2016, so probably just the last five years. Uh, I didn't didn't start thinking about this when I started channel swimming. It, it kind of came mid-career. And I... Because I'm trying to think when I had you on the podcast last, it was probably 2017, I'm I'm guessing. And were you just, were you thinking I'll just keep, because you're over there quite a bit, you know, you, you think I'll just keep ticking them off and uh, it'll eventually happen? Or was it something that you sort of set aside a majority of your year to be able to commit to? Yeah, you got that in one with your first guest. So because I coach so many people to swim the English Channel, it's been over 150 people now since 2013. I'm over there with my commitments to them anyway. So what I was doing, and I have been doing for the last five years or so, is slotting in swims whenever I can around my commitments to my clients and just knowing in the back of my head that as long as I consistently keep adding at least a few each year, then at some point, as long as I keep going back and getting in the water, that I'll get there. Um, because None of the other swimmers that were high up with channel swims, as in total numbers, um, are actively swimming. None of them are actually swimming for at least you know, nearly 15 years. So I figured that I just got to keep at it, keep my eye on the prize and keep coming back and, and splashing my way to France. Yeah. Talk about patience. Like it's, um, yeah, that is, that's consistency. It's, it's patience uh, over the last couple of years to be able to do it. And have you, has it got any easier? over the last couple of years that you've been doing it or is it since you've done your first couple has it been pretty much the same in terms of how you view it now I think by the time I guess 2015 rolled around by then I could consistently like bang out a channel swim for want of a better word <laughs> so that a general channel swim is more like a tough training swim and by the time I had that confidence, like, so that year in 2015, I did three single crossings in six days and they're all under 10 hours. So I had the confidence at that stage and I'm like, I can, I can just on, you know, uh, minimal turnaround or minimal recovery, get in and get the swims done. And I don't need to focus on them really um, intently in, as individuals, uh, but I can run campaigns and run them concurrently while looking after my clients overseas. So um, it's not something that, that I, I was complacent about. I just, I guess I created a formula for me, something that really worked. And I think that everyone has the opportunity to 
find something in their life that's personal, professional or sporting that if they really want to master it and be really good at it and focus a lot of energy on it, they can get to the point of mastery where, you know, for them to achieve that task or keep hitting that goal, it's, you know, it's, they're at a point where it doesn't take as much energy as it does other people because that level of mastery. And for single crossings, I'm not going to say I have that level of confidence for anything more than that in the channel as in doubles and triples but for singles I definitely reached a point I would say of mastery uh, in 2015. Was there has there been any that you've attempted and haven't been able to complete it because of weather or uh, health or anything like that? The single crossings I have a 100% success rate which I'm super proud of because it shows consistency mm. And it shows that I have always taken them really seriously. Although to a point, some of that is luck because anyone can get hit by issues such as mechanical failure of the boat. Uh, and that would abort a swim. No matter how good the swimmer is or how close you are to France, that's a swim aborted. Um, a heavy fog, for example, reduces visibility. So if you're coming towards the shipping lanes or in the ship, international shipping lanes, you know, with huge uh, ships that could be 800 meters long and have 2000 containers on that. Like if there's heavy fog, your swim is aborted. So I've never had that situation and that is luck, uh, but the rest of it is, you know, consistency and, and training and things like that. So and the other three swimmers that are at 30 plus channel swims all have at least one failure. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's, and that's amazing. That single crossing. It's one failure. So I have, um, I have been unsuccessful on return trips. On my, so my first, attempted double crossing of the English Channel, my first year channel swimming, I didn't finish the second leg, as in the second crossing back to England. That's an unsuccessful. My first two attempts at a triple crossing of the English Channel were um, unsuccessful in either the second or the third leg. Um, then I tried a quadruple crossing one year and that was just really unsuccessful. So <laughs> I don't know what it's like to fail and have that like acute pain and that following kind of depression after a big event where you've been unsuccessful. So I do know those feelings. I had that understanding and empathy for swimmers that go through that. Uh, I have a bit of both. I have success. I have failure as well. Do you, are you driven to continue to build up the numbers to, to keep crossing it? Or now that you've got that achievement, are you content with where you're at or at least for now? I got to a point where I think if I did more channel crossings, in fact, I'm probably not even motivated to do channel crossings <laughs> right now. It wouldn't really add any specialness to, to what I, my journey so far for me. Um, I, re, I was really focused on getting this queen of the channel journey from about what crossing total was I at? From about 20, 15 or 20. Um, so it's been a slow burn to get to 44 from, let's say, number 15. Um, so I've been, yeah, I've, I've been both like um, moving along this journey in anticipation of finishing, you know, like, you know, when you look forward to Christmas, like wanting it to come sooner and you can't wait, you look forward to it. But then the other end, I'm like, oh, my God, this is just going on and on forever. So there's a part of me that just did, did want to put a closure on this part of my journey. And I, I really felt that I had that moment at the end of the 44th swim, I had the euphoric feeling that I was, I'd been hoping for for years. I had great press coverage. I was front page of two UK newspapers after the 44th swim. And I, I had that, that moment of closure. So in saying that, if anyone tries to threaten the record, I'm going <laughs> back. I'm swimming for Australia and swimming for, for all the things that I love about the channel. But I just don't think that's going to be happening in the next decade or so. So I've got a decade up my sleeve where I can go on other adventures and 
speaking of other adventures, I've got another uh, another adventure happening this year, which is very exciting. So do you want to, um, actually, before we jump into that one, which we'll um, cover in a second, which it's, um, yeah, I'm excited to talk about about that. What what was it like for you when you when you're maybe halfway through the swim on your last lap and you thought, yeah, okay, I've got this in the bag and, uh, you know, I'm, I, this is probably going to be the last time at least for a while. What was that experience like towards the end and when you, your feet landed on the sand? Like, how, mm. how did you feel? Yeah, it's so interesting you say that. Uh, and I had so so many mixed feelings leading to that last swim. And, and a few radio announcers were asking me, you know, are you feeling nostalgic? What do you think your thoughts will be for that last swim? So when I got into it, at about halfway, that's when sunrise came. So I was really soaking in that last sunrise because I knew there was a really good possibility it could be the last English Channel sunrise that I ever experienced as a swimmer. And I don't know if you've been out on one of these channel boats, but they're amazing. The, the sunrises, I just can't convey how rich they are, how beautiful they are and how epic they are when you're in the middle of the channel and the sun mm. is rising and there's ships in the background and and you're just one little swimmer traversing between two countries. So I, I really, I was more present than I guess I usually am because I knew that it was my cha- my last chance to make memories uh, of something that is a really close something very special to me. I call the English Channel my spiritual home. So I was trying to really be present, be in the moment, collect all those positive memories. But in saying that, it's still still a 10-hour swim. So there's still my moment, some moments where I was like, oh, and now I kind of hope we get near the end. Um, as we got the last two to three hours towards the end, I was like, shit, where's the media boat? Like, is it coming? So my team and I, my media team in the UK, had organized a second separate media boat to come out but because we didn't know exactly when I'd finish there was you know logistics to make all that happen it's like herding cats trying to get 10 different media outlets to send the representatives to get on a boat at the same time and (laughs) find out from the channel like that is a bit of a logistical task so I was like oh is it going to come it's late so I was fretting a little bit um I actually slowed down (laughs) swim I was so paranoid that it was not going to make the end in time. I slowed my stroke down. Now I wish I hadn't. I did 10 hours, one minute, and I'm definitely going to go on 10 hours. Um, And uh, I was also really grateful throughout that swim that the conditions were really favourable. They were nearly flat conditions the whole way. Um, The air temp was pretty good. It wasn't warm. It was mid-autumn. But it was definitely, it wasn't overcast. It was, I call that favourable for an autumn swim in England. And I was a little bit concerned because I had a chest infection. So ideally, I wouldn't have been swimming a channel on that day. But as my pilot was going on holiday the next day, it was either swim that day or wait two weeks to then have an opportunity. Not, not a guarantee, but an opportunity mm. of swimming even further into autumn. So I was a little bit concerned about that. And when I got near the end... I did kind of have this feeling like, this surreal feeling like, is this it? Is this all I have to do? All I have to do is cross the waterline. And and then it became kind of a little bit like, is this just too easy? (laughs) There weren't, there weren't even big waves. I didn't have to navigate huge boulders, which I do often. Um, And a really good friend from France, Patrice Chassery, who follows channel swimmers and tries to meet them at the swim finishes wherever he can. He was down there and he had this 
this bottle of champagne and he printed the label on it and he was like congratulations Chloe world record 44 and he handed it to me I was like oh my god it's so beautiful so I had a really lovely moment on shore I didn't want to really be there by myself like yeah 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 did the media boat make it yeah yeah they did um they had to keep a distance um so they didn't they didn't get that many good shots they did their best but uh and there's some drone footage so yeah everything went really quite well that was interesting quite un- interestingly quite uneventful because channel swims mm. can all sorts of things can go wrong and challenges come your way and um in terms of channel swims is definitely one of the easiest i've done not that it's ever easy but it, it was forgiving which I really wanted my last one because I've had some horrible swims over the years and I had the chest infection. So it was, it was nice to have a forgiving swim where I didn't feel like, you know, I had to punish myself just to get to France. Yeah. Mother nature rewarded you for 43 crossings and delivered one. Yeah. Served one up for you. It's great. It's good to know. Um, And so, and now that you've, uh, you've done that, you've been doing this for a while, moving into more, coaching people which you've, you've done for a while but also uh, trips and so we were, we were chatting what was it just before Christmas uh, when we caught up down in Geelong and uh, there's a, a trip that you or a swim that you've come up with and you, you'll be running this season and and ongoing that uh, sounds pretty crazy by uh, uh, from from what I've heard in terms of the, the distance and everything but um, something that's quite new to the um, relay swimming community so do you want to talk a bit about about that and um, who's involved and you know, what's happening with it. Yeah, I'd love to. I'm really excited. This is my new passion now that my chapter on English Channel Swimming has closed for now anyway. And that's a new relay format that I'm launching with my own support boat, my own pilots, my own swim association to ratify it. And that is relays between England, starting at Ramsgate, which is in the southeast. It's in Kent, quite close to Dover, uh, but further north. So Ramsgate to Newport, which is a coastal town in Belgium, and it's just over the French border. So it'd probably only be about a 20-minute drive if you're driving from Dunkirk. I mean, all of your listeners may be familiar with that place in northern France. Now, the distance, as you said, it is so much further than the channel. It's 2.5 times the distance. So it's a 92-kilometre relay swim. And the relays uh, have 10 swims each and they rotate every 30 minutes. And so why I've championed this new relay format is that I feel that I want to make open water swimming swimming and adventures where we go on an escort boat boat and achieve a brand new huge uh, achievement. I want to make it more accessible to more people. And at the moment with English Channel Swimming, rotations need to be one hour. And I think that for some people that works really well. And for other, other people, it actually turns them off even thinking about doing a relay of English Channel because they think, oh, how can I do a full hour in the English Channel each time in water that could be anywhere from 13 to, say, 17 Celsius, depending on when you swim. So what I've done is drop the relay rotations down to 30 minutes. And I really want to encourage people to see this as something quite achievable, even though it's really difficult. I mean, the North Sea is renowned for very choppy, stormy weather, and the water temperature is just a tad colder than the English Channel. So it's still challenging, but in the back of their mind, they know that they only need to swim 30 minutes per rotation. And so in a team of 10, over five hours, it's just one rotation in 10. So 30 minutes of swimming, four and a half minute 
hours, sorry, not minutes, four and a half hours of resting on the boat, sleeping, socializing, having food. So there's a proper kitchenette. There's four cabins on the boat. Um, it's quite a comfortable boat, more comfortable than you'll find in the English Channel uh, area. So I'm really excited about this. And there's three relays running this year in 2022, two relays running next year. And next year, there's an Aussie-only relay. So any of the Aussies out there that think, hey, I really want to do this, but I want to do it with my fellow countrymen and women, um, I'm really excited to announce I've closed off a whole exclusive relay to give you a chance to have that experience. So there's been a really good interest rate from interest rate, like I mean interest. <laughs> Previous swimmers on my program they've done the English Channel, so they're kind of getting excited and signing up. So I've already got three Aussies in there who have swum the English Channel in relays, and it's really exciting because for me, my English Channel journey, although I've swum the Channel 44 times, a lot of my journey is also coaching swimmers and crewing on their boats and 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 vicariously living through their journeys as they swim the English Channel. And to have these re returning swimmers is really special because it shows me that they really enjoyed that experience and they want to go on a new adventure. Um, and so it feels like I'm going through a bit of a reunion with a lot of my swimmers because they're now coming back. And this is this is like phase two or this is like the next thing that we get to do together and I get to be part of the journey. So I'm really I'm really excited about what the future holds and and I love that I can keep this connection to this area of the world. So the North Sea where these swims are going to happen it's virtually next door to the english channel it's only about 20 kilometers north so it's essentially the same water although the water's a little bit acts a little bit differently because it's not in geographically the same containment but i'm really excited to get back out there i don't want to say goodbye to my adventures in the northern hemisphere i want to keep having keep having these adventures for as long as i can well the good thing about that too is you like with the English Channel Association and like it's a certain number of swims that can be done every year and where you're running it it's a new new route and uh you can basically you've got like mostly like not free reign but you can organize it when when works best and there's no limitations on it. is that right yeah it is it's really interesting you bring that up you may have heard that it's a three to four year wait now to book an English Channel solo or relay which is very unfortunate for people mm -hmm. that want to get out there and challenge themselves but they're not sure they can commit to something that far in advance and this opens up a whole new opportunity for swimmers to achieve something great which is very similar to a channel swim in some ways in a relay format it's harder because it's two and a half times as far and colder water choppier water without having to wait three to four years to get an opportunity and yes, you're right. I could I could run them virtually whenever I wanted. I only have one boat, so it can only work in one activity at any one time. But there is a lot of flexibility, so I can make the most of the English summer and the English early autumn, which is ideal because it's better water temperature than the rest of the year. I'm not going to say warm because it's never really warm in the UK. I think we can all agree on that. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of a lot of opportunities um, out there and. I'm so excited to be going on some new adventures with people. Um, it's just, I don't know, I'm just bursting with excitement. I think this year is going to be really special. Yeah, it's there's especially when some when a group of people are working towards something and they come together and they they do that swim. Like you get there's this bond that you get from doing something challenging with other people that you don't get in other in other things so i think back to swim camps i've i've done like i've been a part of or swim camps i've run it's like when you 
when you've got that blood, sweat and tears with other people, you form that, that strong friendship. And I find that with people I grew up swimming with, it's like, you've, you've been through the, the trenches and that's a, a really strong bond that you, you can form. So I think you'll have that happen on the, on the trip. And it's something that you don't obviously get on a, on a solo swim, but with the team, it's um, it makes it that much more uh, enjoyable, but also, you know, you don't want to let your teammates down. So you've got that accountability to do the training spend that time in the cold water and make sure that you're well prepared for the swim. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's why my program has quite a few people that come back into it is because it's not just about the swimming. It's all the other thing. It's the community we create together. It's the new friendships of people they make often from overseas. So I have Aussie who are friends with Americans and met through my program and Europeans. And, you know, it's all, it's all a beautiful mixture of the global swimming community, getting to know each other, having these experiences. And, and look, I'm, I'm like that as well. You know, I want to have these intense, incredible bonding experiences with other amazing human beings and, and enjoy the best of what the ocean can offer us. So I guess that's why I'm so excited is because I, I can't wait for these journeys to go. And we also have camps that I'm running in, as in conjunction with getting people ready for this relay happening this year. And also the relay happening next year is, um, as I said, three this year and two next year. So the camps are going to be exciting. And um, where are you doing those? Uh, so Mornington Peninsula is the first one coming up and that's May 7th this year. That'll run again next year. And the other one is in Dorset. I'm not sure if you've heard of that. That's uh, south, of, south of England, near Isle of Wight. Yeah, right. And the, where are you, when are you doing area. that? And where are you, uh, similar time? That, sorry, that's um, June. I don't have the dates organised yet, uh, but that will be announced really soon. And the beautiful thing there is that it's a geographically significant area. So there's fossils from the Jurassic period that you can see there on some of the beaches. And there's beautiful limestone chalky cliffs, like very white cliffs. So um, yes, definitely more adventures to be had. Yeah, that's great. A quick note from our sponsor. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Form Swim Goggles. With these goggles, you don't have to look at the pace clock anymore or be one of those swimmers in the pool always grabbing for their watch. With Form Smart Swim Goggles, you can see all of your key metrics while you're swimming. Distance, pace, stroke rate, they've got it all. And the swim data is displayed on the goggle lens and you can customize the display to see the metrics that you want to. And I was worried that it was going to be distracting, but you can literally see through the display, the metrics are always there, but you have to choose to focus on them. It's really impressive. And it makes hitting intervals or any kind of specific training much more manageable and achievable. And the goggles track it all. It's automated. So from the time you start your session to the end of the swim, you don't have to press any buttons in between. It automatically tracks everything. Form also works with a bunch of the best pro athletes out there, including Lionel Sanders, Sarah Crowley, Hannah Wells, and Olympic champion Usama Maluli, to name a few. These form goggles are for all types of swimming too. One pair of goggles, and you can use them in the pool, the open water, you can use them in swim spas and endless pools too. So the same pair of goggles can be used in all of these different environments. The battery life is incredible too. One hour charge is 16 hours of swimming time battery life. And you can have the display on either your right or your left eye. The goggles themselves come with anti-fog solution that's used in dive masks. So it's great in terms of quality. 
and there's a protective case with a nifty drainage solution. So after you swim, you can store them safely. And while the goals connect to the form swim app on your smartphone too, they will sync with the form app and there you can review all of the details of your swim and you can see what other swimmers are up to in the form swim community as well. I'm a big fan of these goggles. I was really impressed when I used them and I use them for a vast majority of the sessions that I'm currently doing. To find out more about the form swim goggles, go to formswim.com and you can use our coupon code effortless at checkout and save $15 off your order. Back to the podcast. And uh, before we jumped on the the podcast, you said, hang on a minute. I've got a, I, I, I can't just give me five minutes. I need to, um, I've got some exciting news. So you've got, um, um, like with, uh, with what you do, uh, with the swims and, um, and the camps and everything like PRs, PRs, a big one in order to, you know, do what you do, you know, to fill the camps and everything. It's similar with what I, what I do. It's like, you've got that marketing side of it, um, which, which you need to have. And I think it's really important uh, and you want to make the most of it. And then um, the benefit of that too, is you, uh, you know, you, you get on TV, you get on some of the morning programs and um, continue to build your, your profile, which is, which is really important as a, as a swimmer. And so you've just had a, a call from, um, from a radio station. I'll let you, you fill in the rest. <laughs> Yeah, that this is very true. So I rang you in shock um, about 30 minutes ago and I was like, oh my God, you would never like, you would never imagine the call I've just had. So I was on Fox FM, which is Australian radio network yesterday. They had a call in segment where you could just call in and it was about things that you can't live down, like um, things that you've done that, you know, your friends and family always bring up and things like that anyway so I rang in I've been on the radio before after my channel swims and they put me on at the end I was so excited I was coming back on so we talked this is where the conversation went so I thought it'd be about okay the fact I've swum the channel 44 times but they turned it into uh well they started off with like pooing in the pool and they're like <laughs> you would never have done that and I'm like ah, oh, not that I would admit we're still talking <laughs> right now and then I go, oh, but, you know, in the English channel. And they're like, what? And I'm like, well, you know, you can't get on the boat. Where are you supposed to go? So they, yeah, they were loving that. Then the um, conversation just U-turned. One of them, um, Tommy Little, has recently taken up training, as in very recently. And he talked about how he can just swim 50 metres. And he wanted to know if he's officially a swimmer. So he wanted my opinion on this. And I was like, yeah, if you can like move forward 10, 12 meters, you can definitely call yourself a swimmer. Yeah. And then I was like, you know what, Tommy, you could swim in my England to Belgium relays. So I just threw it out there just to, you know, plug my England to Belgium relays, which I'm super excited about. And he's like, oh, maybe I could. And so after a few phone calls, and this is only yesterday afternoon, this started 24 hours ago, after a few phone calls, meetings with his producers and team at the network, he's rung me back this morning. He's like, I'm 100% in. And I've told him <laughs> all the worst stuff. I'm like, what in Celsius? He's like, I understand. And I'm like, you're going to have to train three to four times a week. He's like, yes, I've got it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so surprised. Like I'm still in shock, but I'm really excited. So he's joining the world first team and that is July 5th this year. That's the first team to go off and that's full. But there are two other teams that are still open at the moment that people can book into. One starts July 15, one starts July 26. 
and they will probably fill in the next four weeks or so so if anyone is interested you can jump on my website and there's lots of information in there or you can send me an email uh, my website is my name chloemccardle.com and my email is very similar chloe at chloemccardle.com and we can have a, a chat and explore to see if it's something for you this year or potentially next year that Aussie really um, is going to fill out at 10 and there's already four people in it. So that's probably going to fill out in the next four to five weeks as well. But um, yeah, if it's something that interests you, you don't want to wait three, four years to swim the English Channel and you want an amazing adventure and you want to party in Belgium because there's going to be one hell of a party, I think, at the end of each of these swims, then yeah, we'd love to have you on board this crazy journey. Yeah, that's uh, that's exciting. Well, we'll put your email address, uh, email, your email, your uh, website in our show notes for um, for anyone listening. And get in touch with Chloe if this is something that interests you. And some of the feedback I get from from the podcast is a lot of people enjoy where we have marathon swimmers like yourself on because they're inspired by it. They they look at that and go, "Well, that would be awesome." So if you've perhaps thought of doing something that's a little bit out there, then this is something that counts as being out there and. Uh, yeah, it's it's exciting that you've you've opened up. I think a new chapter of your long long distance relay swimming, and uh, it's good. Yeah, you know, I, I really like how you know, when people go outside of the norm, and you've sort of uh, I wouldn't say what you've done is the norm doing forty four crossings, but the English Channel's probably the most well known long distance swim in the world. Uh, but now you're sort of venturing out of that and, and creating your own thing and treading your own path. So it's exciting, and I uh, wish you all the best and. I was, I was thinking earlier, you know, you might get in a decade or two decades time, someone's coming up through the ranks, they're ticking off the English, English crossings. And, uh, and then we might have you at 60, 70 years of age going, I cannot let them win. And you'll go back and you'll start, you know, you'll keep training and uh, you, you just won't stop. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next uh, two, three decades time. <laughs> yeah, I might knock out some as an octogenarian. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like hardly walking and I'll be like, I i remember uh oh, when was it before i before i really knew about masters swimming because i coached your powerpoints for a while there and before i knew about masters i was probably 15 or 16 years of age and i remember dad went to a master swim company said they had there was a 1500 freestyle and there was a i think a lady who was like in her 80s or 90s who who entered the 1500 and it took her like Hour, an hour and a half or something like that i remember that's like all dad spoke about when he went to this it was like masters nationals and i was and he was like it was impressive but boy it took a while you know and it, like, it took up half the half the meet um so that'll be you but doing english english channel crossings yeah i'll be like there's no time limit i just need to get to france yeah, that's right just drift with the tides and hopefully you'll get there <laughs> And I won't be anyone up because I have my private boat, which I'll own, of course, by then. <laughs> yeah, I'll have right. my own boat in that world. Um, and I'll be like, fellas, I'm paying you overtime. Just keep the engine running. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So as long <laughs> as you can stay warm, then you'll you'll eventually get there. That's exactly. funny. Well, um, Chloe, thanks very much for being on the on the podcast and uh, congratulations once again and uh, good luck for the next journey, the, the next uh, yeah, the next phase of your journey. Thank you so much. And of course, everyone, when you want to do your stroke correction leading into your England to Belgium relays, Brenton can sort you out. Well, thanks very much. I, I, I have quite a few um, people who have you know, coached with you, uh, worked with you, who um, come and do our 
our clinics and stuff. So I'm sure we'll have many more to come as well. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's great working with people who have got several thousand strokes to, to take as they cross the channel or they're in a relay because, uh, you know, if you can improve one or 2% over the course of, uh, you know, 5,000, 10,000 strokes, all of those 1% things really add up. So, um, yeah, appreciate your support and, uh, thanks for being on the podcast, Chloe. Okay. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the Effortless Swimming Podcast. If you'd like us to help you become a faster, more efficient swimmer, go to www.effortlessswimming.com.